Welcome to The Lawyerist Podcast, a series of discussions with entrepreneurs and innovators about building a successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. Lawyerist supports attorneys building client-centered and future-oriented small law firms through community, content, and coaching, both online and through The Lawyerist Lab. And now, from the team that brought you the Small Firm Roadmap and your podcast hosts. Hey, y'all. I'm Zach Glazer, the legal tech advisor here at Lawyerist. And this is episode 420 of the Lawyerist podcast. And we're diving into a sponsored podcast episode. In these, we're joined by a legal voice or company, and we discuss the newest features, happenings, and trends in the legal world. We're excited to offer these episodes to our audience, and we hope you enjoy them. Today, I'm joined by Walter Ajosa, the founder of Decision Vault. And we're talking about gathering client information in a structured and consistent way. Hey, my name is Wouter and I'm the founder of Decision Vault. Decision Vault is an intake portal that streamlines the handling of client data across your practice, resulting in a better experience for your client and time saved for the practice on getting data into the right shape and getting it from one system into the next. Wouter, uh, thanks for being with me. I like digging into this Decision Vault area. You went ahead and took care of my first question, which is, you know, what is Decision Vault? But it is right now for estate planners, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Or well, it's it's mostly used by estate planning attorneys. Mm-hmm. And then some of those attorneys have somebody else that they might be working with another partner in the office who might be doing real estate, or they mm-hmm. might be getting into some family law. But yes, mostly it's, it's kind of spreading uh, word of mouth in the estate planning community, because that's where it came from. Okay, so it, it's not limited in its abilities to estate planning. It's just that, I mean, obviously, there's a there's a need there. You know, there's a need for intaking information in that area, but it can be used wherever somebody feels that they can use that, right? Yeah, that's right. So estate planner, so my wife's an estate planning attorney, that's kind of where the idea came from. Mm -hmm. In the beginning of 2020, she had a client matter where the client, like we joke in the estate planning world that like all the single people show up and say that their case is really simple. Uh, but actually, married couples are pretty simple because they typically leave things to their kids. Mm. But if you have a single person, they typically will have like nieces, nephews, other people. So like this client oh. wanted to nominate 37 beneficiaries. And like that doesn't fit into a fillable PDF. Right. And it barely fits on once you then like my wife like did that, got the info, get onto a design call with the client. Mm-hmm. And then the client had all these other people that we needed to capture their information, their names, their date of birth, their address, their phone number. And the estate planners are specific in that they don't just gather some info to kind of get a sense of like what happened here, right? It's a workers' comp case mm-hmm. and like what what went wrong and we need to know that. And then we kind of go on with our day. No, like a lot of the information that an estate planner captures needs to either find its way into the documents. So like all those names need to go into the documents or we need to build funding instructions. So we need to gather financial information from the client. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of data being gathered. And that's kind of where when we tried to do that, or when she did that with these 37 beneficiaries, that mostly resulted in her copy pasting stuff around and doing lots of follow-up over email. That was the, the the seed of, hey, there must be something here to maybe streamline. Okay, so so this is an area of intake. And intake, as you and I have discussed, is is kind of a broad word that means multiple different things. But the area of intake that we're talking about is somebody has a client and we're trying to intake 
information about them, about the case file, and put it into our system so we can use it. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so, so we're not in leads management or anything like that. That's for another platform, you know, like a, a CRM or something like that. But this is to bring information in because, you know, we all, estate planners especially, need our data kind of sanitized. I can see where if I'm intaking somebody and they say we've got 37 different beneficiaries, I may write a name differently in one mechanism. Or we may have said 35 of them on the first time we, you know, they came in and then we've got two more and there's a need to kind of connect this data to where we can actually use it on the back end. Right. So what do you call these? Like guided intakes, guided interviews? We typically call them a, a questionnaire. A questionnaire. Yeah. Okay. And so with these questionnaires, are we able to manipulate this data in Decision Vault specifically? You know, are, are we able to manipulate this data to where a lawyer can create these questionnaires themselves? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So further illustrate a little bit of how the tool kind of is, is set up and how it works. So uh, you touched on it, right? Like we're not here in the area of capturing leads like that. There's several CRMs or mm -hmm. the case management tools that have CRM capability. Like we integrate with all of those tools. Like what Decision Vault does is like it's, it puts up this intake portal. So the questionnaire is a questionnaire, sure, but it lives inside of a portal. So the first step is for the client to like create an account so they can come back to this over time, right? So even like this is again, very specific to estate planning, but the benefit goes also probably in other areas, like the client will tell you something or they tell you as, as little as they can. Then you have a meeting with them, like in a design meeting, four other people come up, like, how do you get that information then from the client to say, hey, please provide me the contact details, the date of birth, the social security number. Like in any other of these intake forms, everyone has intake forms. Like there's no sort of going back, reopening the form and like building on the information. So mm -hmm. instead we have a portal approach where like we, the client can come back in later, they can add more info until of course we can lock them out when we don't want to have them making any more changes. Mm -hmm. But like, that's how sort of the the overarching piece works. And yes, when people register for an account with Decision Vault, it does currently set up like this standard outline of an estate planning questionnaire with all the people questions are already in there. It has a fully spec'd out asset intake that you can fully customize to follow. But there are enough questions there, even with like, welcome to this questionnaire, those kind of things. So you could register for an account, take the link, send it to a client, and you wouldn't look bad. It's probably mm -hmm. a little shorter than you might want, and you might want to add some extra questions to it, but you could like do that if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in y'all's experience, and I, I get this from estate planners a lot of times when I'm talking to them about trying to take their clients online. In y'all's experience, are you having difficulty with people filling these things out appropriately? It depends. So mm -hmm. the patterns that we kind of see is that the younger generation typically tends to come in and fill in all the information that they might want to fill in and can fill in. Mm -hmm. And then like they're gone. Probably there's a good portion of people who like don't maybe yet trust the attorney very much. So like they might fill in a little bit in the financial intake. Okay. And that's okay. That's one of sort of the things that I that I noticed that I need to kind of at times need to emphasize to the attorneys like we're not sending them a fillable PDF where you want them to complete everything because otherwise you don't get this info. Like this is 
an iterative process. And in the past, it wasn't really possible to do it as an iterative process, but now we can have the client come back in. They may not trust you. They may not give you much financial info. That's fine. Have a meeting with them. Mm -hmm. Then they like, it depends a little bit on where people sign the engagement agreement, but at some point they engage you, then ask them to go back in and put the info in. The info all ends up in the same spot, right? Mm -hmm. Where then at the end of the process, you push a button and it shows up in your draft platform, your document automation tool, or your CRM. So like we don't, we're not trying to kind of get it all at once. That's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's an interesting take on that, you know, because I, I think that is, as you know, something that estate planners run into is where do we start to gather the majority, the bulk of our information? I mean, I, I think we touched on it a little bit earlier of, you know, there's this area of pre-client, you know, potential new client. And so we want to gather a certain amount of information there. But then even once we get that client, once we sign the engagement letter, estate planners that I know, a lot of them have clients come into their office because people like to have a touch point a lot of times. But having it be, it seems that this is a portal that is more, hey, you're introduced to this. Give us the information as you go. And we're kind of seeing you through it as opposed to having here's a drip campaign, for lack of a better word, of questionnaires that I need you to fill out in this exact method and I need all of it every single time. Yeah. And then also because it's in one place, you can kind of build on the info, right? So mm -hmm. one of the things that is definitely more specific to estate planners is like you can, we have captured all these contacts in a structured way. So now we can assign those people into roles on the person's plan. Like these people are going to be the trustee. These people are going to be the successor trustee, the power of attorney. I think that is just point and click. I don't have to go copy paste that stuff around. I push a button. I get a nice list that I can show to the client to say, hey, this is what we have so far. This is like what we've captured because clients also will do what clients will want to do. Right? <laughs> like if the client wants to email you stuff, they're going to email you stuff. The more important question is like, What's sort of the next step in the process? Well, with Decision Vault, you can open up their matter, put that point of data in, and then you don't have to look at that email again because it's there. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point you make about the structured data here. And just for people that don't necessarily know, I mean, that, that's not a just a random word. What, what do you mean by kind of structured data? Yeah, so I think the easiest way to, to illustrate that is by talking about the acid intake, right? So mm -hmm. how do people typically do acid intake? Well, like fill in boxes or send them, maybe you send them an Excel sheet, but like some clients might not be all that used to Excel. Right. So then on an intake form, if you send them an intake form from your case management tool, it's probably free text. But when the client has filled that in, hopefully they put enough info in. Can you easily see whether this person like has a taxable estate problem or not? Mm -hmm. Like, no, because all the stuff is just free text. You have to copy paste that all out to get a sense of like how much is there. So with our approach, there is a special section to the questionnaire that's financial intake. There's a lot of structure to it. It's very flexible and customizable, but mm -hmm. most of those things just work out of the box. Like there's a real estate category where each entry that gets made has like a value for the fair market value of the real estate, the mm -hmm. mortgage value of the real estate, the owner of the real estate, where again, because it's all structured information, we can keep track of, is it 
like John or Mary, right? Like the spouse's names show up. So all those things get kind of intertwined and we can use that data across to make it seamless for the client so that the client doesn't feel like, oh, I have again have to tell you my name. <laughs> like that's not very nice, right? I have to write my name in here once again. Yeah, or, or my email once again. Well, I think it's important to note in there, just in case people couldn't glean it completely, that even in Excel spreadsheets, when you're putting numbers into an Excel spreadsheet or a cell specifically, the number could be text, it could be a character, or it could be an actual number, or it could be a date, you know, and having these things exist as structured data like that to where when I'm putting in monetary values, the system knows it's monetary values. Well, then we can compare monetary values to monetary values. I can't compare the the word 600 to the number 600 right. necessarily. And so I think that's important to say there that, you know, even if we are as estate planners getting information in from our client in a, a seamless way, if we're not doing it in a structured way, then it's really not seamless for us you know, on, on the back end. Yeah. And because we have all that data in such a sort of nice, you called it sanitized way, right? Structured way. We have contact mm -hmm. records. Each contact has a first name, a middle name, a last name, et cetera. All those things. The attorney doesn't need to worry about that. There's no like custom field set up, et cetera. No, you can just put your questions in and then we've taken care of that. You can, when it comes time to sync it over into your case management tool or into like a document automation tool, there is some mapping that needs to get set up there mm -hmm. or it just works as part of the sync flow. But in general, like we have all these data points. And now one of the more interesting things that we've started uh, working on recently with attorneys, it's now in public beta, is our design sheet capability. Mm -hmm. And this is getting a little specific to estate planning, but like for the ones outside estate planning, think about a meeting template, right? So like your client will fill in your questionnaire. But then to follow, like how easy for you is it to take that info and run a meeting with that client? So like the estate planners, they typically call this a design sheet. They have like pages upon pages of choices they need to make for how this person's plan is going to get drafted, right? So you could build up this checklist where it says like, it would show, you can put in the, the clients, it shows the clients in that box, it shows a list of the children, it shows a summary of their assets. And now I can make like checkpoints of which documents are we going to draft, which clauses are we going to be included. Mm -hmm. And that gets a little bit like we're currently learning like how to best like help people set this up and mm -hmm. like it's not yet to the point where you can just take it and run with it but what it has been uh, enabling for folks is like they can build up this template checklist they can open that up and it has everything filled in they can dive into the meeting with the client and at the end of that they already have their instructions that they can just hand off to their drafting person so like you can embed questions and answers that have been answered from your questionnaire onto this thing and then either run it on the screen or like push a button and you get it as a Word document. So like you could print it out or you can put it on your iPad and like it has the client names folded in. And like that's a whole other level that just gets enabled because we've captured the data in such a like nice and structured way, right? We can layer things on top like those roles, like a design sheet that has all the names automatically filled in. And then on, on the far end, once you've got all that done, you can take those points and sync them over into your other tools. Okay. Well, so, so speaking of the other tools, where does this process that Decision Vault deals with, where does that sit in relationship to like our CRM and our you know, law practice management software? And I guess specifically for estate planning, you know, they have drafting software 
that is separate from their law practice management software, separate from their their CRM a lot of times. Where where does the decision vault kind of info sit in that stack? Yeah, so it kind of sits in the middle between those two tools, right? Okay. Typically, the CRM or case management tool comes first mm-hmm. in terms of we capture a client and we send them a link to register for decision vault, and then they fill that in. And then once they've got all the data gathering complete, you can link it up to the uh, matter in like your case management tool, or you mm-hmm. can just push it out down further to your draft platform. So it kind of sits in the middle, but because it sits closer to the client, we kind of work from the assumption like the, the data and decision vault is sort of the most like accurate related to like this clients and this client's family. Mm-hmm. So then we can like push it out from there back to the CRM or forward towards uh, the draft platform or, or to document automation tools. Okay. And so in that scenario, like, you know, we were talking earlier about having the client fill out all the information. And sometimes people are uncomfortable with that. Sometimes people aren't savvy enough necessarily, but it sounds like you know, especially with what you had just been talking about with the meeting notes and things like that, that we could really just use this type of thing internally because the sanitization of this data to me is the most important aspect of this. And so when I, as an estate planner, have a meeting with a client, they don't even need to know that I'm filling this out on my end if I'm asking questions, because these are questions that I'm going to ask anyway. And so even if it's not something that you feel like you can use externally, and there's, in my mind, definitely portions that you can use externally, but even if it's not, you can use it internally and the magic of it, of gathering this information, organizing it, and putting it in a way that can be used by other tools, by other software, is the important aspect of it. Yes. So the other side is that when you do sanitize that information, you know, you were talking about mapping it to a CRM or, you know, law practice management or or even drafting software, you know, that is in a manner that that piece of software can then consume for itself as well. Yeah. So at this point, most of our integrations push a set of contact details. Mm -hmm. We've gone slightly beyond that with Lawmatics and with Locus that Mm -hmm. like we found a way to kind of hook back into their internal automation engine. So when somebody submits the questionnaire, pushes the button, submit in, in Decision Vault, there's a way to kind of upfront link it up and on the back end then send a trigger. So basically the client will get this link on a Saturday night, like fill some stuff in and 20 minutes later they submit it. Like, that's fine. You didn't need to do anything. Like it hooks into the automation of the CRM tool and it runs whatever you have there internal to that CRM tool, no Zapier or anything needed. Okay. Okay. Well, I, and I think, you know, when we're talking about estate planning, I think Lawmatics is one of the ones that many, many people use, you know, for their CRMs and, and whatnot. So, well, Walter, we, we talked about, you know, that this sits in a place to, to gather information and, and obviously people are going to need a little bit different information than each other sometimes. Now, if we're in family law, many people are going to need a lot of the same information, but if I'm a lawyer and I'm trying to go in and customize this for myself, is it customizable? to where I can use it for my specific practice. Yeah, absolutely. So I would describe it as sort of an opinionated tool, right? So um, what I mentioned before, you register for an account, it gives you a standard outline. Mm -hmm. And in there, because of like structured data, there are some pieces that you will not be able to like edit yourself. Like you cannot change like how it asks for these contexts, for instance, because Mm -hmm. we have done that for you. Like we know, like this is the first name, this is middle name, last name. Mm -hmm. So for the main client, for their children, for advisors, for all that stuff is already there. 
But then you can go in and like it has this outline of sections. You can add your own questions that you might want to add. Like, mm-hmm. do these people have a prenup? Did they live in a community state? Like any of these sort of context questions, right. as well as like, I want to add a section on whether they have a business, yes, no. And then it can get tied in with an earlier yes, no question on, do you have a business? And then that will show up there. So there's some of that conditional logic that mm-hmm. we have. And like, yes, like you can customize to a large degree, what all the questions are and what are the different sections are. And then also it uh, the tool allows you to build up multiple questionnaires, right? So there's one that kind of comes by default, but we have three kinds of approaches to this. The basic one is filled in by the person themselves for themselves, right? Kind of estate planning, mm-hmm. business formation, trademark, maybe family law, bankruptcy. Yeah, We have a representative intake which are the other two. And those then either are for someone who's passed away, so administration, probate, or for mm-hmm. someone who's still alive, right? So then the structure of the uh, of the tool and uh, the approach of the questionnaire changes, and that's just sitting there by default and you can customize again, so that it has first a representative spot where it asks who are you, representative person filling this in, and who is the person that this is really about, and then where are they married, and they could ch- it, it follows mm-hmm. all the way from there, right? So okay. yes, there's a lot that can be customized. Okay. Well, and you answered my next question kind of like right in the middle of that with, you know, there is conditional formatting where you can, based on the answer to one question, you can open up a section. It sounds like, is there a business? Yes. Okay, great. Now we've opened up the describe this business section. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Great. Well, Valter, if, if people want to learn more about Decision Vault, where can they go? What can they do and see? Yeah. So uh, you can go to decisionvault.com to learn more. We run weekly webinars that you can, can attend or we have them available on demand as well. One specific thing, maybe because like we're here and we're on this podcast and I know that your audience is definitely wider than just estate planners. Mm-hmm. So this works really well today for estate planning attorneys, gathering lots of contacts, lots of financial info. But I know that this will also have some value for bankruptcy, family law, maybe other things that I'm not thinking about. So we're currently working with some attorneys in those fields. So mm-hmm. if you are interested and if if you have some of your processes to share and want to want to work with us on, on getting this implemented into your practice, please reach out to me, either support at decisionvault.com or you can uh, send us a message through, uh, through the website. Sounds great. Sounds great. All right. Well, uh, once again, that's decisionvault.com. Walter, uh, thanks for being with me. I, I appreciate the insight. Thank you so much. The Lawyerist Podcast is edited by Brittany Felix. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discuss here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Here are your first two steps. First, if you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free at lawyerist.com forward slash book. Looking for help beyond the book? Let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyerist.com forward slash community forward slash lab to schedule a 10 minute call with our team to learn more. The views expressed by the participants are their own and are not endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you.